well, if you go to work for Jack, you know, you're never going to work for this company anymore. And they were like, okay, fine. And I told those people, if you come to work, you know, with us, you won't really need another job. 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 You know, some pinball stories take two hours to tell, like the Dutch pinball expose we just did. Some are not going to take nearly as long, but are just as important, and I'm about to do one of those shows right now. And if you've ever wondered why Canada Pinball Podcast exists, and why this show has a listener base that it does, and why people follow this show, and why industry people listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast, it's because, and I'm going to say this, this show will say stuff that no one else will say. This stuff will go down a news angle that nobody else will go down. And this is a news item that happened at the end of last week that I know for a fact other people who have media channels, who have podcasts, who have news websites about pinball, I didn't see this anywhere. And yet something happened that I believe is catastrophic to one of the biggest pinball companies in the world, and we're going to talk about it right now. Now, the way I want to start this show is I want to read for you, and you just heard that quote from the from the beginning of the show from Jersey Jack Pinball, how he was so proud of the fact that when you have a job for Jersey Jack Pinball, you're never going to have to go look for another job. And that was Jack as recently as a couple weeks ago when he was talking uh, to Christopher Franchi on the Super Awesome Duper, whatever the other adjectives are, pinball podcast, okay? I want to read for you uh, uh, some comments about a man. And, and when I was doing research about this man, I have to say, I don't think there's anybody in pinball that has as universal love that people have for this man as anyone else. And I can't find anyone to ever say a bad word about this person. All I found were comment after comment over the years about how amazing this individual was. And I want to read for you word for word things people have said about this individual. The first one is from a buyer of Wizard of Oz when Jersey Jack Pinball first came out and people were having some issues with their Wizard of Oz machines. And this Pinside user said, my issue was advanced and had to be passed to Butch Peel at JJP. I send Butch an email about my problem that same day at 10 p.m. at night and he replied within minutes with steps that led to a successful resolution of my issue. Butch kept in touch with me every day until my issue was resolved, making sure everything was right. Right on, JJP, right on. It is one of the best technical manuals for a product I've seen. Butch Peel deserves as much credit for the thorough manual as Eric does for the excellent game design. Another one, for folks new to working on pinball machines, I highly recommend the Butch Peel Tools of the Trade video. It is very worthwhile as it shows the tools you want to have as well as how to use them. If you don't own a set of nut drivers yet, you're making things harder on yourself than needed. Another user said, fortunately, Butch Peel of JJP took the time via FaceTime to isolate the problem, guiding me around with working. If you do the 2.0 switch, be careful moving all the wires. Thanks again to Butch and JJP team. They were incredibly helpful and patient. Another user said the JJP PDF manuals are a thing of beauty thanks to Butch Peel. Another user said my machine came with a 7.5 volt light system originally. This is a great kit. Three cheers for Butch Peel making this a reality. 
I followed the instructions and it worked. No troubleshooting, it just worked. Another user said JJP was lucky enough early on that a great guy, Butch Peel, stepped up at the last minute to get the manual together. Another user said the Butch Peel talk was the most interesting with lots of tips on how to work on JJP pins. Another user said Butch Peel was on the phone with me at 11.30 p.m. my time on a Saturday night walking me through how to disassemble and repair my shooter lane. Me having no pinball tech experience and not wanting to break my new $10,000 non-working toy, it impressed the hell out of me and I was very grateful for his support. If you don't own a Jersey Jack machine, you might not know who Butch Peel is, but know this, that Butch Peel has been Jersey Jack's right-hand man from the very beginning. Nobody knows a Jersey Jack machine better than Butch Peel. This company was built on people like Butch, who helped people troubleshoot their games, who would, you hear these stories left and right. I hear stories of this guy getting on the phone for people for hours until their games are working again. And it was this kind of customer service, this kind of care, this kind of attention to detail that built up this company that is called Jersey Jack Pinball. And that is why Jack has had Butch by his side from the very get-go. And that is why people who own Jersey Jack pinball machines have loved Butch Peel over the years. If you've ever flipped through a Jersey Jack pinball manual, you know, you know. I mean, this guy creates those things. He's like the Wizard of Oz that lives inside of every Jersey Jack game that knows where every wire goes, knows where everything should be, knows every game in and out. And that is why it is with such sadness that I report to you and to everybody out there that Jersey Jack Pinball let Butch Peel go this past Friday. And I just want to clarify that this was not Butch's decision to be let go. He loved this company more than anything. He loves pinball more than anything. And it was a total shock to him. Now, when I posted this information on the Jersey Jack Pinball fans page, I put up that Butch Peel was let go, and there's one person you could probably thank for that. We're going to get to that. I was banned that day from the Jersey Jack Pinball fan page. So not only has Jersey Jack Pinball let Butch Peel go, now Canada's been banned from the Jersey Jack fan page. And so now you're, you're starting to realize, ladies and gentlemen, why Canada gets banned from these forums. It's because I'll say things that might not be the most popular. I'll say things that might be a little controversial, but I'll say things that these companies and these fanboys don't always want to hear. And letting Butch go from Jersey Jack Pinball to me is the, is, is the ultimate point of realization that this company is just nowhere near what it used to be. And it's not the company that you fell in love with. And it's not the company that's run by Jersey Jack anymore. And, and this is it. Like, there's no more hiding of the fact that Jersey Jack Pinball is completely 100% now controlled by one man. And we're going to get to that. And you can make up your own mind. But I'm going to tell you what I've been hearing. And you can make up your own mind. But let's get back to Butch. So Butch didn't want to leave. And in a time in which coronavirus is hitting and people are trying to keep their jobs and keep their livelihoods. It is so sad for me to hear that they let this guy go that helped build this company up to what it is today. And if, if you were wondering how Butch feels about this, well, I haven't spoken to him, but when I did put up my post, his daughter reached out and let me know that he's not on Facebook 
but she let me know how he feels and what went down. And I want to read what she wrote to me right now for you. So Mandy Peel told me that it was definitely unexpected and abrupt. He never would have quit working for JJP. They made it clear they didn't have a role for him anymore and that it was permanent. We were all in disbelief. Very sad. Now, you don't have a role for Butch Peel, Jack, in your company right now. And so let's do this right now. Let's play a clip from Jersey Jack Pinball from a couple weeks ago when he talks about whether or not they're hiring, whether or not they need people at Jersey Jack right now. And this is coming right from Jack just a few weeks ago. Let's play that clip for you right now. We're uh, stepping on the gas. Uh, you know, we're setting up a brand new factory right now in Illinois. We're hiring great people. If anybody wants to join the team, send me an email. We're hiring great people right now. Well, somebody send Jersey Jack an email that says they need to hire back Butch Peel to Jersey Jack Pinball. I don't get it, right? It doesn't add up. Why is Jack boasting that they're building this company, that they're hiring all these great people? And then they tell Butch Peel, a man who helped build this company, there's no work for him? They didn't furlough him, so you can't use the coronavirus as an excuse that times are tough. They didn't say, Butch, we love you, we need you to pause for a minute, and we want you back when things pick up. No, it's permanent, they said. And there's and they're hiring people. We know it. They just hired Ken Cromwell to be their communication strategist like a couple weeks ago. So you let Butch go, you hire Ken. I would hate to be the communication strategist right now at JJP trying to spin this thing because this is what they don't want you to know, people. This is why they don't like Canada's Pinball Podcast because nobody wants to talk about why this went down and what the reality is over at Jersey Jack Pinball of who's calling these shots, of how nice men like Butch are being shown the door, how Jack himself has been kind of shown the door in his own company. Don't, don't You have to zoom out to see what's happened at this company. It's no longer Jersey Jack Pinball. He doesn't want to see Butch Peel go. He doesn't want to say the things, you know. And again, like, nothing adds up. Nothing adds up. You know, here, let's listen to another thing Jack said recently about how this company is just expanding. You know, it needs to grow, and you need to give it the right things it needs. And this is probably the best thing it needs right now is to be all under one roof in, uh, in Illinois with everybody there. But everyone's not going to be there, Jack. Everyone's not going to be there. Guess who the two people are who are not going to be at Jersey Jack Pinball in Chicago as this company sees its new beginning. Jersey Jack's not going to be there. Butch Peel's not going to be there. The company is no longer anywhere close to what it used to be. And let's just let's now just get to the reason why I'm hearing this happen. And I'm just going to say it. And this is this is why this podcast exists, because, again, nobody will come out and say this but Canada. I always have to be the bad guy that gets the arrows in my back because I'll say things about people in this industry who are sort of protected because of of their of their power and all the games they've made and, and sort of like their legacy in pinball. And how dare you say something negative about someone Canada, even if they are an a-hole, you're not allowed to say that about this person or that person. It's never stopped me in the past. And for those of you new to this podcast, get ready because I'm about to sort of say something about one of your icons that you might not want to hear. So who is the man to blame for Butch Peel being shown the door? Who's the man that I keep hearing is almost impossible to work with? Who's the man who's been an area of contention with so many people within Jersey Jack Pinball? Who's the man that's been handed Jack's company? 
Who's the man that the investors fell in love with? If you ask them, it's like, I always hear this story that that Leonard Abis and his son Brett and the Abis family or Abis, their whole thing is this. It boils down to one thing. The investors in Jersey Jack Pinball, the investor billionaire who saved this company back in the day when the company should have gone under during Hobbit production, they are in love with Mr. Pat Lawler. This entire company is Pat Lawler design company now. It is no longer Jersey Jack Pinball. It hasn't really been Jersey Jack Pinball for a very long time. The second Jack took that money, he lost control of his company. And it's always been about Leonard and Pat, that this billionaire investor who loves pinball, this is a pet project for him. This isn't in his main business. He doesn't live, sleep, and eat pinball. He's invested all this capital in this company, and so he gets to do what he wants with it. But it's sad because Jack lost it. Good people like Butch and good people like Jack, they have no longer have any air cover. They no longer have any real power, and now we're seeing it. Both of these men have been relegated. One is out of the company. One is not even moving with the company. And Jack has to say stuff like that, like how this is great for the company. This is what they always were planning all along. No, it's not. You didn't create Jersey Jack Pinball to move it to Chicago. The investors are not even in Chicago. You know who's in Chicago? Pat Lawler's in Chicago. Wouldn't it have been much easier to move? Think about it. What's easier to move an entire manufacturing plant that you've built up over the years, to move everybody and all those people and the creator of the company, the boss man, to move everyone to Chicago or to simply move Pat Lawler Design and his team to New Jersey. They did the reverse. And so why did they do that? Because the power lies with Pat. And this company, and I've said it, I've said it, they, they made all the wrong investments. They've invested everything in Pat Lawler and look what he gave them. He gave them dialed in, a commercial failure, a complete flop of a machine. Now, here's the other thing I'm hearing. And again, this is what people are telling me. There's just this undercurrent. It's like rumors in the shadows of what's really going on. And it's the fact of the matter is like Butch Peel and Pat Lawler didn't get along. And so because of that, Butch is out and Pat gets what he wants once again. You know, and it's not just Butch Peel, who's one of the nicest guys on the planet. Like, if you've met Butch, you know how nice he is. Look at all of the things he's done for Jersey Jack Pinball. He's kept more people satisfied within Jersey Jack Pinball than probably Pat Lawler. But it doesn't matter because the Abbas family, they're in love with Pat Lawler. And Pat gets to do what Pat wants to do. Now, if you ask people who have worked with Pat creatively... And again, I'm not, I'm not here to say that Pat Lawler isn't a phenomenal pinball designer. I'm not here to say that Pat Lawler hasn't made some of the best pinball machines. But the bottom line is, if you go down and start to really ask people, what's it like working with Pat? Do you, do you see a bunch of people saying it's an incredible experience? Do you see a bunch of people saying they can't wait to work with Pat again? You don't. Ask David Thiel if he'll ever want to do a game again with Pat Lawler. You know, another person who's worked on some Jersey Jack games, but not on others, ask Matt at Back Alley Creations why none of his work ends up on, on Pat Lawler machines. Because he won't work with Pat Lawler because Pat Lawler is impossible to work with. Pat Lawler tries to tell him how to do sculpts. Pat Lawler tries to tell him this is the way it's done. And the other interesting thing, this is the other part that all of this is connected. Have you ever wondered why Pirates of the Caribbean they stopped production on Pirates of the Caribbean after only 1,000 units of the game. This is one of those never-ending question marks over the company. 
why would you stop making a game that is critically acclaimed, that has a higher rating than Pat Lawler's games, a game that more people want, a game that more people are excited to see come back than Dialed In, than even Willy Wonka. This is, it's got a higher average score from pinball fanatics out there. Whenever I put up a poll, what's the best Jersey Jack machine of all time? It's either Wizard of Oz or Pirates of the Caribbean. Willy Wonka and Dialed In doesn't even come close on any of those lists in terms of polling. And this is you saying it, not me. So do you ever wonder why Pirates of the Caribbean never really got its fair run at commercial success? Do you ever wonder why the game had so many issues? Where was Pat Lawler helping Eric out when it came to making sure this game was more reliable? What Was a game that wouldn't break down? Was a game that wouldn't have mechanical issues? Now, and that's the thing. Because you know what I'm hearing? And again, oh, Canada, you can't say this stuff on the air. I can say this stuff because it's my show. I'm hearing that when it came to Pirates of the Caribbean and then with Eric on his first game, when he needed help on making this game more reliable, when he needed some senior support, when he needed someone else to sort of help him figure it out, that Mr. Pat Lawler really didn't help him out that much. And it was sort of like this, well, let's let the new kid fail. And if you think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that I'm hearing stuff like that because when Pat Lawler talks about it, you know, he boasts about how he's got 25 years experience making pinball machines and, and the new blood only has seven years and he, his role is to mentor them into making sure these machines were more reliable. Do you think he did that? Let's listen to a clip and when he talks about hierarchy and it's interesting he uses that word. We have a great hierarchy over here because in any creative field, when you start throwing around words like hierarchy, that's usually people who want to pull rank, who feel they're superior, they're better than other people. And I'm getting that sense that this is all what's happening over there at Jersey Jack Pinball. Let, let's, let's hear from, from Pat Lawler and ask yourself, do you think he really helped Eric out making Pirates more reliable when Eric needed that help? And there's, an, there's, a, there's a, you know, an, a, a nice hierarchy here of um, we, have, we have people who've done this for 25 years. We have people who've only been doing this for seven years. And the people who've been doing it for 25 years are now teaching the people who've only been doing it for seven why you do things, why we approach things the way we do, how we make the game function so that it's reliable. Well, there you have it. Was it very reliable? I don't know. I'm just hearing all these things. Look, if you have a story that could add some light on this. If you know some more facts about what it's like to work at Jersey Jack or have some Pat Lawler tales you want to share, you can share them with Canada at canadapinball at gmail.com. I will keep you anonymous because I know everyone's so afraid. Everyone's so afraid of upsetting these people in pinball. It's it's like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm As much as I like some of Pat's games, I, I'm really not holding this man as like this enamored deity that we all have to bow down to. And I, and I know that Butch was an amazing person who never deserved to be shown the door at Jersey Jack. The other part that I'll just end this show with is I just find it so strange to me that you have a guy who's got a billion plus dollars and he's working with Pat Lawler on these machines and yet these machines don't have all the assets you want in them. How can you have so much money? Just ask yourselves this. If these people really love pinball, how can you have so much money 
and then leave so many vital elements of these themes out of the game if your pockets are that deep. And I'm telling you what the answer is. And I know this is not what they want you to hear. This is not how they want you to think about Jersey Jack Pinball. Why is it that a company like Dutch Pinball, run by a guy like Barry, without billions of dollars, can get every single element of the Big Lebowski that you want into the game? All the characters, all the clips, all the synced up video, everything, all the mechanisms are perfectly derivative of the movie that you love. Why is it that that's over there and with all this money, Pat Lawler and Pat Lawler Designs and Jersey Jack Pinball can't have the assets in the game? And I'm just here to say my opinion about this, this is just my opinion. I just don't think they care as much as you think they care about these games. I don't think they live and eat and sleep these themes. I don't think they're dream themes. for. Do you think Pat Lawler is the world's biggest Toy Story fan? Do you think Pat Lawler is the world's biggest Willy Wonka fan? And if you're like a billionaire and pinball is something that you put in one wing of your huge house, do you think they're the biggest Willy Wonka fans? If you have that kind of money, like, like Leonard has, do you think he's going to let a Willy Wonka machine be made without Gene Wilder singing Pure Imagination? Do you think you're going to get Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and all the clips from Toy Story in the game? I just don't get the sense that these people love this stuff the way Jack loved this stuff. I don't get the sense they love the company the way Butch loved the company. It's a business for them. It's simply a business for them. They are making these machines for themselves and the fact that people buy them is great, but this isn't this isn't like what they eat, sleep and live. And there's a, you, that's why you got what you got with the Big Lebowski is you got a game that you felt like Barry and Yop, like they loved this movie so much they were going to do everything they could to put everything in it. Even without asking permission, they put everything in it. And I just get the sense that Pat Lawler has basically his own company now. And he's going to do it his way. And whether you like it or not, if you don't like it, you're going to be shown the door. And that's where we're at. Now, I want to finally put a ribbon on this whole show and say this. If you're another pinball company out there, please pick up Butch Peel. This guy is one of the greatest members of the community. He does more for companies in terms of customer service and machines and helping people out. He is an incredible asset in pinball. So if I were Stern Pinball, I would pick up Butch Peel tomorrow and get Butch on your team. If I were Chicago Gaming Company, if I, you know anyone out there, this guy needs a home and he needs a home tomorrow. And I hope someone out there who has a pinball company who's listening to this, whether it's Deep Root, whoever you are out there, Butch Peel is nothing but a good acquisition for you. And he brings so much knowledge of pinball. And I think it was an idiotic move to let him go. And I think Jersey Jack Pinball is a company now that is just run by in money and ego. Money and ego. And that is not, that is not what Jack had in mind when he created Jersey Jack Pinball. He'll never be able to tell you that. Because he gets yelled at by them. I hear all these stories where the investors are yelling at Jack because Jack is excited and Jack won't keep his mouth shut and they're yelling at him. It must feel so bad to wake up and be Jersey Jack Pinball to see your company ripped away from you. But that's where it's at. It's now Pat Lawler Designs out of Chicago featuring whatever I want to do with whoever I want to do it with. Does it make you feel good about buying JJP machines? Are you going to hear this on other pinball podcasts? Nope. Let the arrows come flying towards me. 
Butch, I'm so sorry what happened to you. You didn't deserve it. We're going to get you a new home soon. Everyone, have a good day. <laughs>